Welcome back to the Relate Podcast, where we do the rest of our lives better by building better relationships. I'm Casey Sunstead, your host, and I'm joined again this week by Katie and Ari as we continue our series, The Me in We, Honoring Ourselves in Relationships. Hey, Casey. Hello, Casey. So glad to have you here back with us. In the last episode, we talked about the balance of getting care in relationships while also being a good friend and giving care. So I thought we could start out this episode by just hearing a little bit about your lives and the way that you receive care. Can you tell us a story or explain to us what was going on in a time where you felt really cared for by some friends? Yeah, so I'm a bit unique in the way that as an introvert, as I want to process things, I want to process things on my own around other people. It's kind of this tension where it's like... <laughs> you should see my face right now. I'm like, you want to process yes. alone, around... alone around other people. Okay. I actually understand, but I'm an introvert. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. Say more for us extroverts. So, okay. So there was a, a particular day that I had had uh, a challenging day. It was a yeah. long day and I was living uh, with my best friend, Josh, at the time. And I texted him and I said, hey, I had a, I had a day today. And he didn't respond because I knew he knew what it meant. So I walk into our apartment and I go into his room. Josh is a musician, super talented, really caring, kind, the type of person that you want to talk to after a long day. Yeah. For me personally, what that meant, and I felt so cared for because I walk into his room, carpeted room, something I love to do after a long, stressful day is just lay on the ground. <laughs> so I walk into his room, we say nothing to each other, uh-huh. and he just starts playing his guitar Stop. <laughs> while I'm laying on his floor uh. as I'm processing. He doesn't ask any big questions. Hey, how you doing? How's your heart? Nothing like that. Cause he just knows. And in that moment I get up after laying on the ground for a while and I say, thank you. And I walk out and that was how I felt cared <laughs> for. Oh my so, gosh. He's such a so... verbal processor. I can't even, <laughs> I can't even yet. But it was heaven. It was, That's... it was perfect. That's and exactly he knew what, you. Yeah, he knew. That was definitely not the first time and definitely not the last time that that had happened. But I felt particularly seen and cared for. Do you have your own song that he's written for you? <laughs> he no, has different songs just, per mood that you're in. He's just one of those like frustratingly talented people yeah. that can just play <laughs> whatever on the guitar and just plucks away. And yeah. it's so easy. It looks like he's playing a harp. Wow. But, wow. Yeah. Great guy. That. Good friend. Yeah, mm. a good friend who like actually knows and appreciates you for you. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, the thing that comes to mind when you ask that is I am a quality time person, but I joke that my love language is coffee and chocolate because mm. I also love those things. And so sometimes when I'm having a really hard day, just like a bag of espresso beans that are chocolate covered show up on my desk and yeah. I always know that I'm loved and cared for. But yeah, I also love getting little like sticky notes. I have one friend in particular and she'll literally hide sticky notes all over. And the other day I found one and it was probably like three or four years old. It had to, it was like sun, you know, like it wasn't bright anymore. It was like faded (laughs) because it was so old. Like, When did you put this here? And she's like, I have no idea. Oh, that's cool. It makes me feel loved because I love surprises too. So just finding like a random note makes me happy. That's so good. So 
Hopefully they're not like timely, like, Katie, I'm pregnant. Oh, no. And you find it like six <laughs> months later and you're like, I, go. I know. Oh, man. It's become obvious now. Yeah. It, well, this person's not pregnant. So. <laughs> That's good. That's helpful. <laughs> yes. What about you, Casey? Yeah. Um, so many, so many moments. And I was trying to think about what's in common with all of them. And it's so, um, what really makes me feel cared for is when somebody really knows me well, just like what Ari was saying, when they have spent enough time with you to see. And um, I have a friend who absolutely can read every face that I make. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's... <laughs> A good thing and it gets me in trouble sometimes yeah. mm-hmm. but we were recently together and she said you're what are you thinking about right now you're 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 planning something and I'm like I actually feel so cared for that you can just look at my face and tell where I went and what I'm doing inside my brain yeah were you planning something I was absolutely oh that's awesome yeah and I was like oh you know me so well you can literally you know just me. look at my face yeah that's so good when we were looking at houses um I had a realtor who like loved me as a client because she's like, I don't even have to walk more than three feet into a house. I know if it's good or bad just by your face. (laughs) I am one of those people. You don't really have to wonder how I feel. Yeah. Check your face. Exactly. (laughs) Going back. Throw back to episode one. That's good. That's good. As we talk more about how to honor ourselves in relationships, I'd love to just take a little look at what is it we mean when we even say friendship? What are some of the things that you would say the average person thinks of when we talk about what a good friend looks like or acts like? What does that look like? When I look at movies and popular TV shows and that kind of a thing, I feel like the quintessential good friend is the person who drops everything at any moment to like be there for them and like has endless amounts of energy to always care for other people. Kind of like what we talked about before with Casey, like kind of the message you had growing up, like I just care for everyone at all times. And um, I love that the show Friends has been put on Netflix and now that new generations are watching it. And the big joke about that show is that do they actually ever like go to work because all they do (laughs) is hang out at the coffee shop. And some of what that maybe subconsciously tells us is like if you're good friends, you were literally always together. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. Always available to each other. Yeah. I like the way that you said it with the movies, because when you say that, I think, oh, a good friend in a movie always does above and beyond and always does the perfect thing that their friend needs. It's always like, I'm going to fix your issue for you and you're coming along for the ride. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is just sounds exhausting when mm-hmm. it comes to like, do I want to be friends with this person? Well, am I prepared to know exactly what they need at all times? Or am I actually having a relationship with them where I support them and say, hey, I don't know, but I'm here to do it with you. And like, <laughs> yeah. I'm on your team, even if I am not the expert and what you should do next. Yeah, and- I'm feeling that too, Ari. When you said fix, I got, I almost like could feel myself tense up because I think we probably buy into the fact that good friends always have the perfect advice for you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that can be exhausting to have to figure out the perfect advice for a friend that's going through something. Maybe you've gone through it as well, but their situation is different than yours, obviously, or it's something you've never gone through. And, oh my gosh, how do I, how do I be a good friend? How do I have the right answers or have the right advice to me personally? And maybe this is just me personally, but that sounds exhausting and 
a bit intimidating too. Yeah. And when we talked about the episode, we talked about where can we find new friends? And we talked about maybe you don't have to find a friend that thinks the exact same way as you. Yeah. I do think that that's something we think. A good friend is always going to agree with me and see things my way. Mm -hmm. And it's such unrealistic expectations, again, of friendship and what that looks like. And we, my husband and I have been watching Amazing Race, like old seasons of it. I don't even know if it's actually still on. <laughs> but there was this one episode we were watching and the team was in the car together and the one person was really upset and the other person yelled at him and said, you know that you control my emotions. You have to calm down. <laughs> and we were just like, what is happening? You are in charge of my emotions. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like that mm-hmm. unfortunately is like a message that gets played out in so many different arenas, whether that's movies or TV or just in everyday life or even in Christianity like we talked about last time. Um, and as the person who has a lot of experience in the recovery world, whenever I see it, I'm always like, oh my gosh, that is so codependent in my head. There's like alarms going up and mm-hmm. I'm like, stop, please, for the sake of humanity. Katie, I'm so glad you used the term codependent because at least in the some of the circles I hang out in, I think people th- misunderstand that term and throw it around. I think it's almost lost its actual meaning because we use it kind of mm-hmm. in... Um, pop culture almost. Yeah. Can you help me understand what you mean when you say codependency? Yeah, totally. I think the important thing to realize with codependency is I believe that everyone has a certain level of codependency that plays itself out in different areas. Um, But when it really is unhealthy, there's like an unhealthy dependence on someone else. So expecting someone else to either control or fix your own emotions or vice versa to be able to control or fix someone else's feelings or emotions. And it plays out in a variety of realms and It's a spectrum, like most things in life are, of healthy dependence on someone else and relying on, you know, friends and relationships. Uh, But the unhealthy side of it really gets into the idea of trying to control or allowing other people to control our behaviors or actions. I caught myself the other day because I was talking about making plans and if I was going to follow through with plans or not. And and Matt was like, do you want to go? And I'm like, the weather, and I'm tired. And I'm like, but I want to make the person who invited me happy. Mm. And I was like, make her happy. <laughs> Got it. How's that working for you? <laughs> <laughs> you I, I think I actually thought I could make someone feel something. Yeah. And if you really pause to think you cannot control someone else's emotions. Mm-hmm. But I think that's where I see codependency in my life is, Um, I'm sure it goes both ways, but for me, I think I probably have more control over the way people feel than I actually do. Mm -hmm. And that's such a good example because, again, we like have in pop culture, I think we have this misunderstanding of it like, oh, I'm like enabling someone to this really unhealthy extreme. But it happens just like how you said, like, well, I'm going to go because I want to make them happy. And that is just like one example, again, of like trying to control the other person's emotions In a a small way that, again, like Casey, you're just like everyone else. Like we all do it in different moments, but uh, it can become a really unhealthy habit. What's funny, I wonder if some of our listeners feel this way because I was 
it was like the simplest invite and not a big deal. You know, sometimes if it's lots of um, different, like if it's your family of origin or if you've been friends forever and you have a lot of um, stories you've told yourself, it can be a complicated situation. This was like, want to come? And I made it super complicated. And here's why. <laughs> because I was thinking about resentment because of last episode. Oh, so <laughs> I was like, interesting. Do I feel resentful if I say yes? <laughs> oh. <Wow. laughs> like, talk about overthinking things. Yeah. 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 It's funny. I'm curious because I hear you guys talk about how you've wrestled with this idea of my decisions. I can't, you know, control someone's emotions. And there's a part of me, I wonder if any of our listeners feel this as well. Yeah. There's this like little voice in me right now that's like, did I miss the memo? How do you get to that point? Like, how have you guys wrestled with that to come to terms with, I can make decisions and not make those decisions on the weight of, is this controlling someone's emotions or not? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For me, I think it was literally just a realization that I actually believe I'm, I have more power than I actually do. Mm. And realizing how often in a day my thought process involves, I'm going to act this way so that they respond. It's that, so that. Oh, interesting. If I'm doing this so that they there's, I think I have way more control than I actually do mm-hmm. if it's that so that piece. And so for me, realizing I'm just going to consider myself, which is literally what we're talking about um, so good. in all these episodes. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, like you just said, the, the heart of even this season of Relate is to just invite curiosity because so m- many of us don't even realize like, oh, that's not healthy for me to be thinking like, oh, I have to do this so that they'll be happy or so that they'll, you know, invite me to, you know, this future event that isn't even on the calendar yet. (laughs) I think codependency has this tendency to slowly creep into our thinking and it starts out in small things, but then it eventually builds itself to a place of resentment. So you might not feel resentment for that small ask of your friends like that that happened this last weekend Casey but it's when you consistently say yes to something that you actually don't really want to do then that's where you find yourself in that place of resentment so resentment's more like the yellow flag as opposed to um or the red flag as opposed to like the yellow flag of like am I doing this in order to try to make the other person happy or to please them People pleasing is probably more like a layman's term of saying codependency. Yeah. One of the things that actually really helped me understand codependency, this is one of those things that I I like to check in with myself about, kind of keeping that curiosity about my motivation, is um, somebody said, you can still be okay even if the person you're with isn't okay. And that was a new concept to me. Yeah. Like, if my friend is upset, I also have to be upset. Mm. That was new to me that, like, I can I can bring the calm or I can stay true to how I actually feel without having to match their emotions. And it's mm-hmm. funny because you're talking about um, the girl in the car with her boyfriend or whoever, like, you're in charge of my emotions. You yeah. have to calm me. That's such a good example. Example. Thank you. And... I um I do that sometimes. I think I have to match the person I'm with, but it was kind of freeing to me to to think they cannot feel okay and I can still be okay. Well, and I think that was what was so startling to me 
in watching that episode is because I think a lot of people think exactly what that woman said out loud, but it was so startling to hear her say it so specifically, like, you control my emotions, so you have to calm down because you know that you're in charge of my emotions. It's like alarmingly (laughs) self-aware. And it's like, okay, like, I guess that's good that you're aware that you're trying to like be so connected to the the other person but you're aware that you're ridiculously unhealthy right exactly (laughs) exactly at least she knows yeah so and that's where again like it's some of those like small patterns that happen almost subconsciously is probably a good way of describing it where we don't even realize that we're depending on someone else's happiness for our own happiness or vice versa like we're matching someone's sadness and feel like we have to be just as sad and depressed as them in order to be able to help them, which is, it's just simply not true. But I do think a lot of times, Katie, people come to us feeling their deep emotions and their expectation is, I want you to feel this way too. Join me in feeling this way. Mm -hmm. And vice versa. Sometimes we are hoping, we're, we're entering into a relationship hoping that they'll care for us in a certain way. Um, what advice would you have for us as we approach relationships like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that one of the pieces of advice that I would give in those situations where it feels like there's sort of mismatched expectations or my friend's putting or has these expectations of me that I can't live up to no matter how hard I try or vice versa, like I have these expectations and they're not being met and I'm finding myself consistently disappointed is to remember to try to unhook from the other person's expectations of you Mm -hmm. um, because that's something you can't control at the end of the day you can't control what the other person expects of you you can only control your capacity and what you're willing to invest in the relationship and so that's kind of the vice versa is okay gauging your own capacity so as we talked about in an earlier episode of knowing how much energy you have to give to relationships and friendships, especially if you're trying to decide, do I have capacity to take on new relationships? That same question can be applied to each individual relationship. What's my capacity in this friendship yeah. or in this you know, relationship that I have with a family member? And I think as we invite curiosity, mm-hmm. a good thing to to ask yourself is I think most of us would say, oh, I know I can't control them and I can only control myself. But if you look deeper, I think that's a good place for us to be curious. Do you actually, is there part of you that thinks that the way you act can control? Yeah. Does your behavior show that you're trying to control their or change their expectations or their behavior towards you? Yeah. And that's where I think again, kind of asking ourselves, like, what's my capacity is a really helpful question sort of internally. But in relationships, how do we address the mismatched expectations? And what I, the advice I give there is, especially with people you're closer with, you can definitely have a conversation and invite them like, hey, I feel like your expectations are here at point A. And really, my capacity is at point B. And so I feel like I'm disappointing you because I'm not reaching your expectations. 
would you be willing to move your expectations down to be so that I can be in a healthy relationship with you? You can always invite people to change their own expectations, but you can't actually do that for them. And so especially, again, with people you're closer with, I think it's definitely worth having a conversation to try to really realign where your expectations are in that relationship. Now, with people you might not be as close with or might not be spending as much time with them, I think it sometimes can be helpful to just lead a conversation like that with your capacity. So like, hey, I would love to spend time with you in this season. Work is really busy and I'm trying to be intentional about how much time I spend with my husband. So I can't get coffee with you until the end of the month. But, you know, this week... I would love to be able to spend an hour or two with you and getting coffee. Again, kind of just clarifying the expectation of like, I I can't give maybe as much as the other person expects from me, but here's what I can give and Mm -hmm. see if they're willing to kind of compromise. Yeah. And as I hear you talk about expectations, I think right back to the story Ari told us about his good friend knowing what he needed in that moment. For me, if that was my friend and he sat there and played, like I would come with not also the expectations like you're talking about, like I want you right now and I want you for two hours and some unrealistic expectations. But also there might just be like the way that I think you should respond to me in this moment. Mm -hmm. Because if you played the guitar for me, like I shared, I'm such a verbal processor. What I really want is somebody to process with me maybe. Mm -hmm. And so we can kind of right size that like, I liked your music. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But can we chat? You yeah. Know? And vice versa for Ari, right? Totally. Yeah. I think that's great what you were saying, Katie, because that brings that back to the like movie expectations of what mm-hmm. a good friend might look like. If someone has an expectation of you and it's, hey, I need to get together. I'm going through some stuff. I need you at my house at 430 every day for an hour and a half so I can talk through this or we can, you know, X, Y, or Z. And you say, hey, I actually have a capacity, you know, that looks more like this. And I want you to know in that I'm still on your team. I'm Mm -hmm. still there for you. It just might look different. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is much less of a, oh, my gosh, this person didn't meet my expectations. And it's more of a, oh, that makes sense. And I hear their heart of still wanting to be there for me. Yeah. I, I That applies itself in a different way. Honoring their desire, I hear you saying. Yes. Mm -hmm. While kind of resizing the way you're going to meet that desire yeah totally yeah well I think too even what's kind of funny about this as we're talking about this example where your friend knew exactly what you wanted what we didn't talk about is probably the hundreds of conversations that had happened leading up to that where you probably did have to say like hey dude I just don't have any words left today and Mm -hmm. I don't have the capacity to process out loud with someone I just need some quiet or I just need to lay on the floor and your or your roommate walked in and he was like why are you laying on the floor (laughs) like part of what we as a society and like the movies and even that story that you shared earlier with we come in at the later end of the story where some of those expectations have already been processed and talked through in a healthy relationship but we didn't see or hear any of that backstory Mm -hmm. in what you shared absolutely and I think that is such a key point because we had had conversations about it and it did take kind of trial and error and saying hey this like even being able to say to each other yesterday I know 
you laid on my floor and I played the guitar for you. But today I don't, I have about 15 minutes because I have this like pressing urgent need that I'm working on right now. Mm -hmm. And like you said, Casey, honoring the desire of if I go to my roommate and say, Hey, can I lay on your floor for an hour and you play music and it's, you know, all (laughs) sunshine and rainbows and it's great (laughs) and it's perfect. And he comes back and says, Hey, I, I want to be there and I want to help you process how you're comfortable, but I actually only have like 15 minutes right now because I'm going to get dinner with my nephew mm-hmm. or something like that. That yeah. feels much less like a letdown and more like a, oh, you have a life as well. And I can't yeah. just ask and ask. That and feels ask. like logistics because you honored the desire first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. When we have talked in the past about thinking that we need to approach our friendships where we 100% agree with what they're sharing, especially if you're approaching a friend who's distraught or upset and you um, see it differently than they do, Mm -hmm. but you want to be a good friend in that moment. That's sometimes in my past where I've gotten a little caught up because I want to care for them, but I don't see it the same way that they do. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's a perfect opportunity to talk about kind of the difference between empathy and sympathy, which again, I think in our culture, we tend to use those interchangeably, but they're actually two different types of being with people. So with empathy, it's this idea that even if you have never experienced what the other person is experiencing, you can still be with them and match their energy and you can match their emotions. Not that you have to take on their emotions like we were talking about as unhealthy earlier, (laughs) but that you can can match it and um, be with them in the midst of their hard emotion, even if you've never experienced it. Now, sympathy is different in that sympathy is when you have actually experienced the same thing or something very similar to it. So it's not that you're just imagining how it would feel to be in that situation. You actually have a very good sense of what it is to be in that. So like saying, I know exactly what you feel like is more of a sympathy statement, whereas empathy, like I can imagine that this would be a really hard thing for you. That's kind of the difference between those two. But I think in either case, it's important to remember that you don't have to, um, you don't have to live in that space with them forever. You can be like really present and empathetic in the moment with them, but you don't have to carry that for the rest of the day or the rest of the week. You can be present with them and be in the moment with them. And then you can release that because just because someone else isn't okay, using the phrase that you talked about earlier, yep. you can still be okay. And that doesn't make you any less empathetic or any less of a good friend with them just because you're actually probably being a better friend because you're providing a stable and calm presence for that person when they're in this triggered or emotional state. Noticing the difference or understanding the difference between empathy and sympathy was a game changer for Mm -hmm. me in this exact instance. I think back to, um, I used to work with college students a lot and in counseling college students, there'd be so many times where they would feel deep feelings about a life circumstance that they're in right now that feels like the worst ever. Mm -hmm. And with my advanced years and my advanced experience, I'd be like, oh, do you feel busy in college? This is what I'm thinking inside, (laughs) right? (laughs) Just wait till you, well, that's not helpful. That isn't. So I don't have to agree with them like, yes, you're as busy as you will ever be. And this is as hard as it's ever going to be. I don't have to 
agree, Mm -hmm. but I can empathize with like, you're feeling so overwhelmed right now because of what's going on in your life. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, yes, you get it. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I literally just repeated what you just said. Yeah. But empathy goes so long in helping people feel cared for where they are. Yeah. And they feel not alone. Mm. Yeah. That distinction really does feel like a game changer. I I like leaned forward in Mm -hmm. anticipation for what you were going to say, Katie, because that is so good, the difference Mm -hmm. between the two, but especially in the, I can be okay, even if someone else isn't okay. Mm -hmm. Like you said, I feel like that is a very stabilizing thing. If you have something going on in your life and you go to someone, you almost want to be able to say, how can I approach this from a different angle or how can I receive some support? from someone that may look at this differently than me. Mm -hmm. And if that person comes into it, matching your emotions and matching your intensity, that might just be overwhelming. That could just be overwhelming. Mm -hmm. For sure. Well, and sometimes we think we want sympathy. Like we think we want someone who's experienced the same thing, but actually that the person who can show empathy and be in a more stable place is actually what we really need in Mm. those situations. And so even like, in this past year and a half, there's been some things at work where it's been really stressful. And I have a friend who also works here. And so in some ways it's nice because she can sympathize. She knows exactly what's been going on. But then there are other times where it's been such a gift to have my husband who doesn't work at the same place as me, who can be empathetic with me. Yeah. Um, but he's actually not experiencing the same stress and has it doesn't have a lower capacity as a result of that which is really nice in that instance he's able to kind of use the i can imagine mm-hmm. right that this would feel that way and having someone join us in that can help us feel more calm mm-hmm. make us feel more known totally and it's not even like a, it doesn't have to be disingenuous you don't have to like just right. say like oh i can imagine and not actually feel like right you don't lie to someone and say, I can imagine if you can't, but it's like taking a piece of your own story or your own struggles and going there and remembering the emotion that you felt there in order to connect with the person as they're in their hard experience as well. But since you're not in that exact hard experience anymore, Mm -hmm. you can remember what it feels like to be in that space. And then you can release that once you're you know, not in that space anymore. Yeah, that's really insightful. That's really good. Ari and Katie, thank you so much for joining us. These are great tools to help us get what we actually want, which is connection in our relationships without foregoing our own needs. Mm -hmm. So thanks for helping us. Yeah, glad to. Thanks for helping us get curious Mm -hmm. about the way we relate. So if you've joined us for the Relate Podcast before, you know that we'll give you some reflection and discussion questions at the end of each episode. And we always invite you to consider these on your own. You'll gain some insight that way. But we really think life is richer when we experience it with other people. So perhaps you could grab a friend or host a group of friends and share your thoughts on the following questions. I'll ask each question and then give you a chance for reflection in the moment. Question one. When you consider how you relate to friends who are in pain, what are some misconceptions you've held in the past regarding what it means to be a good friend? Question two, 
when you hear that you can be okay, even if your friend is not okay, what comes up for you? Is that easy for you to believe or hard? Question three, do you have a friendship where you feel your expectations and theirs are not aligned? Keeping in mind, honoring yourself, how do you plan to approach this relationship moving forward? Each week, we've been giving you a challenge to just kind of notice and remain curious about the way you relate. This week, our challenge is when you engage with a friend who's upset, practice empathy by reflecting their feelings when you might not necessarily agree with them. Just notice how that changes your interaction. If you take this challenge, we would love to hear your story. Would you email us at relate? at willowcreek.org and share with us on our social media platforms. We want to hear your stories too. And we might even share your story on a future Relate podcast. Thanks for joining us for the conversation today. We hope you enjoyed it and notice some new things about the way that you relate. If you did enjoy the conversation, please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We also invite you to like us and rate us on iTunes or wherever you're getting your podcasts because it makes it possible for more people to find and join the Relate community. And we really don't want the conversation to stop here. Find us on Instagram and Facebook by searching The Relate Podcast. We want to hear from you in those online communities. See you next episode as we take a look at the me in we, honoring yourself in relationships. We're going to take a look at the friendship circles in our lives. Is there a friendship you might need to right-size or recategorize? Whoa, are we even allowed to do that? Join us. We even have an exciting announcement for you in the next episode, so make sure not to miss it.